0: Hi, I'm Joseph McClendon III, and welcome to the Cure for the Common Life podcast. Listen, you know as well as I do that motivation, empowerment, and inspirational stories, they're all well and good, but that's not what keeps us going. That's not what's going to change your life, and that's not what's going to move the needle in your health, your wealth, your happiness, your abundance, or your ability to be able to help other people and make a difference. What keeps us going, what produces results in our lives is activity, not action, activity. And when you can get yourself past the things that stop you and hold you back, that's when you'll thrive, and that's when you'll crush it. And I humbly offer you these tools and strategies to kick your own ass and make the changes so that you can thrive. But most of all, I'm going to give you something every single time that you can do to create a change in yourself. Life is exactly what you dare to make it, and fortune favors the bold, baby. So if you're ready, let's bold. Well, welcome, welcome back, and welcome to The Cure for the Common Life. I'm Joseph McClendon III, and as always, I bring you the best of the best of the best to help you go further, faster in your life. And my guest today, Dr. Tara Swart, is absolutely one of those people that not only will help you do that, she's been doing it around the world for some time. She is a medical doctor, a psychiatrist, and a PhD in neuroscience. She's a senior lecturer at MIT Sloan, and she's the author of the best-selling book, the source which translates into 36 global territories. She works with companies, and individuals worldwide to help them achieve their mental resilience and peak brain performance, improve their ability to manage stress and regulate their emotions and retain information. And for God's sake, there's no better time than right now in this world to do that. Doctor, welcome to the cure for the common life.
1: Thank you so much. How are you?
0: I could not be better. Now I'm out here in California, you're all the way over there in the UK, so I know it's, it is uh, late for you. And I'm going to assume also, it's a little chilly for you now, isn't it?
1: It's actually warming up. We're seeing the first signs of spring, which it's incredible to me as a neuroscientist and a physician, the impact that that has on your brain. I really feel, you know, like I've come out of a long period of darkness after the winter that we've had. Um, and yeah, it feels like growth is happening and, you know, there's more light and that we can really tap into that resilience again um, in a way that's been quite tough for the last few months.
0: Yeah, spectacular, spectacular. I love your optimism and I know you teach that as well. So share a little bit what brought you, what made you seek out this and what makes you share it with other people?
1: Um, so I had qualified as a as a medical doctor and done my PhD in neuroscience and I was working in psychiatry I was thinking about changing career um, I'd done a lot of things because of parental and societal expectation and I kind of was beginning to wonder what I could have done if I'd you know made my own choices and around that time my marriage fell apart so both personally and professionally I went through a huge amount of change mm. I also moved countries at the same time and I remember thinking if I didn't understand what I do about emotions and stress and resilience I can see why people end up on a psychiatric ward right. and so there's two things one is I really wanted to help other people to understand enough to be able to manage themselves through any kind of change but also that you shouldn't have to wait till a crisis happens to you right. you can try to take agency over your life at any time
0: that's spectacular. And I always say as well, at the very least, it'll prevent you from repeating it, or at least help you not repeat those same mistakes again. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, one of the things I love about your work, doctor, is that you have processes and systems, and you can help people step by step go through things. It's not just uh, knowledge and teaching people. We know that knowledge is not power. And I know you have a list of priorities essential for optimum brain function. Uh, for, and would you share those with us?
1: I just, I've never heard that before. I love that knowledge is not power. (laughs) Um, I'm I'm a big believer in things being practical and accessible. And, and, you know, that's, again, is a reason I do what I do is that there's too many people out there using long scientific words to bamboozle people. I want to actually empower people to use their amazing brain to make their life better. And so we need to start with the physical foundations to that, which I call rest fuel hydrate oxygenate and simplify Mm. Um, and rest is sufficient quality of sleep overnight and the optimum is 8 hours and 15 minutes Um, if you do more than that you can actually induce depression in your brain Um, and not enough we I think we know more about the, the you know side effects of that but the main thing is this Nobel science prize winning research, which shows that the brain actively cleans itself for seven to eight hours overnight. So you really need to be in bed for eight to nine hours. Um, fuel, so the brain is tiny. It's only about four pounds. It's a small proportion of our body weight, but it's the most hungry organ in the body. Mm-hmm. It uses up 20% of what we eat when we're asleep, 25% when we're focused on a task. And if we're stressed, then it can use up to 30% of what we eat. So where you may say, oh, I choose food because I'm trying to be healthy or I'm trying to lose weight or I've got a sporting goal, I suggest we eat in a brain-first kind of way.
0: That's fascinating.
1: Thanks. Um, So, you know, a nutrition-dense diet with all the leafy greens and um, hydrating foods, but dark foods are the best for your brain. So blueberries, blackberries, eggplant, Um, purple sprout and broccoli, black beans. Um, And the good news is that dark chocolate over 80% and organic coffee also count.
0: I know you just made a ton of people happy on that.
1: (laughs) I've had to start including that because I think the other things, you know, people are sort of like, oh, I can try to eat those, but I want the chocolate and the coffee. Um, And then hydration. So you do get a lot of hydration from fruits and vegetables and salads, but you also need to drink a half a litre of water for every 30 pounds of your body weight per day. And that lubricates all the chemical and electrical messages that go between your brain cells and your muscular cells. And, you know, really keep, um, I like to give the analogy of a car. You know, if you had a nice sports car, you would never not make sure that the gas tank was filled up and it had the oil and the water and everything that it needs. But we expect our brains, this amazing organ, to work for us all the time. But we don't always do the things like fuel it and hydrate it that it needs and then oxygenation so basically glucose from our diets and oxygen from breathing and, and preferably from deep breathing are the resources that we use to think but these days we're sedentary we're stressed so we're doing shallow breathing even just taking 10 deep breaths in between zoom meetings or something can really refresh your brain but ideally you'd get outdoors you'd move around um, we weren't made to be sedentary. So that's been quite an issue for people in the last yes, year. Yes. Um, and then finally, simplify. That's two things. One is it does cover mindfulness activities like meditation and yoga. And the other one is that we have so many decisions to make in a day. And that uses up our bucket of resources to think as we go through the day. And so simplifying your life and reducing choices in your life as much as possible, like... Um, choosing your clothes the night before, having a meal plan for the week. um, And, you know, if you have children, then kind of choosing their clothes and food in advance as well, just helps reduce some of those small everyday tasks and Mm -hmm. keep, retain your brain power for your job or your life.
0: That is absolutely fantastic and fascinating. And we're so much on the same page on all of these. It's it's something that... uh, I have been teaching for i had a, a health retreat in geneva switzerland and one in marbella spain for a while and those uh, most of these all of them actually are the tenants of how we function but to associate it to your brain and uh you know because uh, again i've been one of those people that is uh your your body is one thing and your brain is another thing but they're all one aren't they they're one mm. thing and so taking care of them But this whole concept, or not concept, but what you say that the brain is the hungriest organ on the body, that is amazing. And thinking like that um, and allowing yourself to feed that with everything that you just said right here, I'm sure is going to make a difference. Um, uh, One of the things that you said with regard to you would never not put the fuel in your car. And I always say that always make sure that you put the right, if you had a Ferrari, you're not going to put cheap gas in it. You know, you're going to put good food in it as well. And uh, make sure that it's running as well. And um, so, share with us a little bit because this is, from uh, you know, a lot of people listening on on this type of podcast or this particular podcast, Doctor. A lot of people are well along their way on that road of self development, personal development, that kind of thing. And I've also I, I also know that a lot of people go well. Listen, a lot of this stuff is easier said than done. You know, my kids are not old enough to pick up their, themselves or pick out their own clothes. Do you have a, a, a system or anything that people can, can maybe even remind themselves of what to do, something that triggers them to tap into these things?
1: Well, I'm going to start with a, a longer term sort of explanation and then come to perhaps some specific you know, triggers for people. So I'm really here to share with your listeners about neuroplasticity, which is Mm, this incredible mm -hmm. ability of the brain to grow and change. And so what we're talking about is embedding small habits every day. That means you're better hydrated, better fueled. And so knowing that you and your children have this incredible potential in your brain to do so much more than you're doing, but, but for it to feel even easier than your life does now and part of that is routine obviously so the process of neuroplasticity starts with raised awareness so if you didn't know that choosing what to wear in the morning was work, it was using up your brain resources you you know why would you change that but the fact that you know that that's going to detract slightly from by the time you first sit at your first zoom meeting or you get to you know your first meeting in the office somebody who had their clothes chosen for them by their wife or somebody who put their clothes out the night before they're going to have an edge over you. So you don't, you know, you want to make sure that you have retained as many of your resources as possible. Um, So, you know, obviously there are some people who are famous for wearing the same clothes every day. (laughs) I don't personally want to do that. So um, I might choose the night before or I have a kind of formula for, you know this goes with that type of jewelry or that shoe. So I don't have to think about it too much. so raising from non-conscious to conscious, what are the things that you need to routinize to make your brain more efficient and for you to you know, be able to do more with your brain power is the start. The so second are you step- saying,
0: I'm sorry to cut you off. So are you saying that awareness and plan ahead to, uh, to make sure that you're going to be I, I love that analogy of the, the person that doesn't have to pick out their clothes they got a step ahead of you and th- those yeah. types of thought give you that edge yeah. perfect
1: yeah yeah so absolutely starting with the, the awareness the next step is focused attention which mm. is looking out for opportunities to um, you know get more out of your brain power and, and noticing things like what other people do or what they don't do and how you may be you know having an edge or a disadvantage compared to other people so um you know things like does your friend always plan out all their meals for the week whereas you come back from a day at work exhausted and then kind of look in the fridge at the last moment and think (laughs) what can I put together for my family um so notice the things that you're doing well and also notice the areas you know the potential development areas and it's really important to take, you know, a good two to four weeks to just do this noticing before you start putting these things into Mm -hmm. practice. The third step is deliberate practice. So that is every day before you go to bed, you lay your clothes out the night before, Um, you know, that you've got this meal plan in for the week that you have arranged sort of to speak with friends or activities for your children so that it's kind of all, you know, done, ready for you for the week. And, If it's things like going to bed half an hour earlier, drinking an extra glass of water, getting outdoors for a break in the middle of the day, bringing some breathing or mindfulness into your life, pick out two or three things at a time. I always say it's better to change 10 things by 1% than one thing by 10% because that's really hard work Mm -hmm. for the brain. Um, Pick two or three things until they become a habit and then move on to the next two or three. And at the end of a year, you'll find that you have 10 to 12 new habits that you don't even think about anymore.
0: Right. Um,
1: The the last part is accountability. So, you know, how will your listeners be held accountable to making these changes? Because it's very easy to say, yeah, I was intending to get myself up to two liters of water a day, but somehow that just didn't happen. So whether it's an app or another form of technology, or a friend, or a coach, or a family member, share your goals with them and your timeline so that they can hold you accountable. And the whole point of all of this neuroplasticity-based behavior change is that if you repeat something enough until it becomes embedded in your brain pathways, then that becomes the pathway of least resistance for you. So grabbing that bottle of water instead of another coffee making sure that your water is always topped up at your desk by your computer, that becomes so normal that you do it without thinking. And that's the amazing thing about the brain, that you can put a lot more of those automated things into your brain than you think.
0: Absolutely. This is fantastic. And, uh, you know, I, and I know you're familiar with him as well. One of my business partners is, uh, is um, Dr. Amen. And uh, Dr. Amen is uh, brilliant in in helping people figure out what he did for me we actually made a little special together uh, he did that yeah. for me and showed me uh, what my brain looked like and just mm. that awareness that i have a good brain <laughs> you know because yeah. because i had some head injuries when i was younger okay. uh, uh, that awareness right up front it is now the foundation of my identity about myself and uh, so i approach things differently just with that knowledge yeah. and yeah. and the reason i'm saying that is this that you're sharing with us right now can be the same for a lot of people to recognize the plasticity of our minds, to recognize that we can make a change and that we can make those small shifts that are going to add up at the end of a year, six months or whatever, and you become a different person. And the whole concept of planning ahead and scheduling and all these things that you're saying, these little things, that plasticity, that is growing the mind. And I always say, because I, I hear a lot of people going, well, you know what? I'm, I'm 40 years old. I'm 50 years old. I'm 60 years old. I'm 70 years old. And you, know, you can't teach an old dog new trick. Well, that's just not true. That's just absolutely not true. You know, I tell people listen, it's never too late. It's never too late to have a happy childhood, and it's never too late to start. The best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago, but the next best time is right now. And so, I love that. yeah, these things that you're sharing with us are things, and I I, I, this podcast, one of the things I, and it's the reason I have you on this, on this show is that, you know, in researching you and and learning more about you and the people that you've helped and continue to help, it's not just words. It's not just, uh, you know, you're giving them information, you're giving them things to do. And (laughs) lastly, I'll say this with regard to holding yourself accountable. I learned this a long time ago, and this uh, is, it's just a, a, a two things. Uh, one is you, you mentioned about using whatever piece of technology to hold yourself accountable, and to me, there's two different types of accountability. One is after the deeds are done, and one is during. And I have found that during, meaning throughout the day, uh, that accountability is, impo- is is important too. So I use this piece of technology called the cell phone <laughs> all day long. <laughs> I use Siri. I tell her, remind me to drink a glass of water in an hour. And, and it, it is constant that is going on. But two things happen. As you know, I become, you become triggered to that alarm and you get excited. It's time to do something. It's time to do something. And then you don't need it. And then the, the other exactly. thing, the, uh, with regard to uh, telling a friend to hold you accountable, two types of friends. Tell that one friend that's on board with you and that's gonna help you out and support you and loves you. And then tell that one friend that if you don't do it, they're gonna drag your name through the mud <laughs> because it keeps inside of you feeling like, well, I gotta do it as well. It's kind of that push pull thing. And so this is brilliant stuff. And, and I know that your, your need, I'm gonna call it, cause I can see it in your eyes to help other people. Um, overrides logic sometimes i know it does with all of us you know are there times that you see uh where you can help and you, you feel helpless are there times where you see uh, you see somebody going through something and you so much want to break through them what happens to you when you know, you go through that and and maybe you know you can but they may not be receptive do you have strategies for going that that's
1: such a great question i've never been asked that before i was I was having a few thoughts. One is that, you know, having been a psychiatrist and then becoming a coach, you do have to become very aware of therapeutic burnout. So that need to help others, you know, it must, Mm -hmm. there must, it mustn't be a need that drives you to burning out or a need to fix people. Um, You know, you should just be like an agent of change rather Mm -hmm. than, you Mm -hmm. know, a fixer. Um, So I have, I think when people come for executive coaching because they want to, you still have to build some trust and you have to raise their patterns, you know, to them, to their consciousness. But I haven't really experienced resistance like that. Yeah, I've seen people kind of make the same mistake a few times, but the benefit of having a coach is that they can, you know, I can really show that to them. When people are kind of forced to have a coach because, you know, their behavior has been unacceptable and they're often brilliant at what they do, but it's got to the point where they can't stay in the company because of a certain type of, you know whether it's lack of emotional intelligence lack of you know ability to manage their stress etc that's harder um i have i probably had to say something that i'm not sure will apply to everyone else but having been a psychiatrist i i have actually said to someone i've worked with psychotic murderers and rapists so i'm not scared to tell you what you need to do to change and you know it's it's you that's going to have to do it it's it's i can only help you along the way. But if you don't want to do it, then then it's not going to happen.
0: So well, I, I think that is brilliant. I think it's necessary for some people. Some people, like you said, are willing to come along and some people need to be to get the beat down. <laughs> they need to hear it from you that, listen, I'm here to help you. And I've helped so many people. And if you want to help yourself, you're going to have to get on. You must help participate in your own rescue.
1: Absolutely. And I was thinking about something that you said earlier, which was you know this idea of how you grew up in childhood and how Dr Raymond helped you to see that you have a really good brain you know despite these head injuries and what you might have thought about yourself and it reminds me of the Henry Ford quote which is if you think you can or you think you can't you're probably right so if you went through life with this underlying belief that you may have sustained some brain damage from these head injuries and maybe your brain's not you know as good as it could have been or as good as somebody else's that would drive so many thoughts and decisions and behaviors in your life. So, and you know, it's like a magic switch. Not everybody can get shown a great brain scan and told by an amazing doctor that they have a good brain. But I think that's a choice that, that sometimes we can make. So I had this thought recently, which was that if you, you know, if you dwell on bad news and negative thoughts, then that becomes the way that your brain thinks and works because our our default from evolution is to stay safe and avoid taking risks and you know sort of fear loss more than we want to reward but if you choose to focus on your strengths what's you know unique about you and great about you and what you have to offer the world and really you know through gratitude and affirmation bring those things to the front of your mind then you build up your resilience and you unleash capability that you have that was only held back by your own belief that you didn't
0: have it. Spectacular, I'm so glad that you said that because um, you're absolutely right. Not everybody can have their brain scan. And the thing that I took away from it, the thing that I've been sharing with so many people now, Doctor, is that assume that you have a good brain. Assume right now that your brain has been spectacular enough to get you to where you are right now. And then recognize that you can, you can whatever, because I, uh, for, for me, Every time I stumbled over my words, every time I I forgot something, every time I misspoke something, or every time I made any kind of mistake, in the back of my mind, I would go, oh, that's because you have a damaged brain. But what I'm saying is for anybody right now to have gotten you this far in life, Mm -hmm. your brain is not just good enough, it's spectacular. So it's this is the jumping off place. And to go ahead and assume that, put a smile on your face and say, you know, I'm a badass already. Here's where I am right now. And what's next? You know, I can, I can do the things that, that Dr. Swartz said, um, and I can change and I can, I can mold my brain, I can mold my behaviors and go further faster uh, with that. And in that alone, there's a lot of strength, there's a lot of growth, and what you said is absolutely true. And wherever you look is where you're going to go. If you're focused on the negativity, if you're focused on, on anything uh, that causes you to feel uh, you know unresourceful for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. then not only is it not going to make you feel that way in the moment, but that's going to be your underlying belief about yourself. so all of these things are spectacular. I want to thank you so much because you know there's so many people out there that are wondering what is going to happen, wondering what's going to be next and uh, and if I may, I think what you are, I, I certainly not to to make it any less but to uh, say that what you're saying is that it becomes what you get to make it that it's not it's not a guessing game it is a building game and you have the ability to do that
1: yeah but I'm saying that very much based on how you use your brain so yes. you know I think a lot of criticism of our kind of work is that you know if you're in poverty if you're experiencing racism if you Um, you know live in a country with a terrible regime then you can't just change the way that you think and make your life better well of course there are some things that are out of people's control but in almost every situation you can at least be curious about how much better things could be if you used your brain differently No no doubt yeah and so so i love that idea of just You know, we all have ups and downs. Of course, you know, I have them. I'm sure you have them as well. But Mm -hmm. I've learned if I'm feeling a bit, you know, demotivated to just be like, OK, that's how it is now. And it doesn't last forever. And one morning I'll wake up and I'll be full of ideas. And um, and that does happen. And I just try to really leverage the good days. And I know that I've done small things along the years to build up my resilience so that I can get back to that feeling quicker um, and, and build on it each time. So yeah, I think it really, it's small things, but it very much boils down to this self-belief and, um, you know, focusing on abundance rather than lack of resources. And again, you know, the word manifestation is having some criticism around it. But if it's you taking agency over your own life as much as you can, there's nothing wrong with that.
0: Spectacular. And that whole conditioning process. I, I love what you say, Those the small steps uh, and, and little accomplishments every day. And one of the things that I, I I love to share with people, doctor, is that you have the opportunity every single night when you lay your head on the pillow, it's just you. And you have the opportunity at that moment to, to decide and do something about what your next day is going to be like. And some of that comes from, as you just said, right there, acknowledging and recognizing the wins that you had for the day before the day that you just lived and then looking forward to what you can do and really programming that brain uh, just through, through acknowledgement and reward and all of those things so that the next morning when you wake up, you've had a full night's sleep of that brain dwelling on those things. Yeah. And oftentimes yeah. I've found it that you wake up and you're so, you're so absolutely right that, you know, we're going to hit challenges. They, they hit us. And to have that default, you said something just a second ago that, you know, I, I lit up when you said it and you go, uh, you know, I had a bad day. Uh, you know, I just say to myself, okay, well, that's just, that's the way things are right now. And it's going to get better. That conversation, that, that rationalization within yourself, that's your default And I think at the very least, what we're teaching people to do, what you're teaching people to do is to is to manifest that default in oneself. So that when something does happen, um, our brain goes to that place. Well, 100
1: percent. I really want to emphasize that, you know, I have a I have an MD. I have a Ph.D. I have a lot of experience of working with people who have been in the lowest points that Mm -hmm. that a human can be in their life. And still, it has taken me decades to make that my default. So I'm not saying it's easy at all. No, mm-hmm. um, but it, it is something that you have to cultivate all the time.
0: It's always a work in progress. Always a work in progress. All of us, you know. I have this saying, and I say, position, heal thyself, and don't teach theory. <laughs> <laughs> and so I try my best to uh, to walk my talk. Uh, however, I, contrary to popular belief, I'm human. Exactly. <laughs> and oftentimes things happen I catch myself and I go oh listen look at you you just caught yourself that kind of thing well doctor this is fascinating and I would love to have you back if you would be uh, if you would uh, honor I'd love
1: to. yeah
0: and how how do people reach you and learn more about you and maybe learn some of your skills and some of the things that you teach
1: thank you um so I'm most interactive on Instagram at mm-hmm. Dr. Tara Swart I'm also on Twitter and I have the website taraswart.com but I have a new online programme that I've created with MIT Sloan, that's just launched. Um, It's called Neuroscience for Business, but it's really for everyone. It has a lot in it on neuroplasticity, brain agility, trust, purpose, vision, legacy. So I'm super excited for that one. Um, So please check that out and feel free to contact me on Instagram. I always reply myself. Um, Yeah, so it's lovely to hear from people
0: spectacular and all of that information will be in the details uh, of this podcast as well and so doctor thank you I really really appreciate you and look forward to bring you back again and is there any last words that you would say to people in terms of how to go further faster from this point
1: I would say believe in yourself Mm -hmm. that you know it's just doing that can make your life so much better and and think about life as a journey where You want to be in the driver's seat rather than being driven to a destination and, you know, by a route that you haven't chosen.
0: Listen to you get in the driver's seat rather than to be driven. That is brilliant. Well, listen, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I look forward to to, uh, sharing you with my peeps again. And everybody, as usual, please like and subscribe and share. And you be the teacher, you be the one that brings joy, happiness, and helps other people go further, faster with your wisdom. And lastly, life is always exactly what you dare to make it, and fortune favors the bold. So boldly step up and dare to make your life magnificent. Doctor, thank you so much, and I'll see you later. Thank
1: you so much,
0: Joseph. See you later. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Cure for the Common Life podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review it on your favorite podcast player. And if you have any questions or comments or any topic ideas, you might want to be a guest on my show. You can reach me directly at josephmcclendon.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you at the top.